Pew, 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 pew. Yo, it's your boy Two Juice coming to you live from the Crispy House. Let me tell you right now, if you're not ready for the fantasy season, then you might get finessed. And that goes for Riddle. He's going on his uh, <laughs> third campaign here. Hopefully he doesn't finish last. So uh, get after it, boys. Good luck. If you took the survey that I put out, I guess I got, it might have been two months ago now. Um, today is July 12th, 2020. And if you took that survey that went out two months ago, you probably know where I stand on this situation. But uh, it's not really a situation, but it's just a proposition. Uh, but that proposition is to get rid of kickers entirely. And Seth's going to expand a little bit. Seth's with us on the AskCast right now. Welcome, Seth. Hey, what's up? <laughs> we are uh, we're talking about getting rid of kickers, potentially getting rid of defenses. That's the way Seth's leaning on it. But um, for me, the bigger deal is that kickers just aren't actually football players, and that is a myth. And <laughs> it had to be something to do with like the kickers union back in the day of why football is even called football because it's ridiculous. So Seth's going to give us reasons why he actually. What do you vote? You actually voted to keep them, right? I actually voted to keep them. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm very resistant to change. So uh, especially when you know it's a, a league that we've got a couple years of experience in, and mm-hmm. the more and more kind of research I did after the fact, I mean, that was kind of just my gut wrench, you know, reaction off the top of my head when I voted. But uh, since then, I've done listened to some other fantasy podcasts and and some other you know the the industry experts so to speak that we're actually going and you know looking at their cheat sheets and their rankings and all that stuff and how they actually do their leagues because uh, a lot of them are in leagues you know with each other and i was kind of surprised that a lot of them when i was listening to them do these mock mock drafts they're kind of standard um they don't have kickers and defenses yeah so before and, you, before you get into what replaces them let's talk about why you do get rid of kickers and defenses you know, I heard one of the guys, uh, Mike Tagliere, who's like one of the guys at Fantasy Pros. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you all uh, follow him or listen to him, but he was talking about how, you know, basically with them, they love the the strategic aspect of you know planning and as, far as like doing all their research, crunching all the numbers, all these statistics and things that go in, you know into where you select players, how you build your team, so on and yeah. so forth. Which I think a lot of our, they, our league does. As well. Right, which I think we've got, I mean, the majority of the people in our league now, I mean, take it pretty seriously and do their do a lot of homework and are, are at least, I mean, more educated than your average, you know, say somebody in just like your family fantasy football league or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, a St. Clair maybe. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, their biggest thing was just like they're so – they're unreliable and they're just unpredictable. I mean, there's, I think we saw it a few times last year where it was, I, I don't, I can't think off the top of my head. I don't think any of my games were like directly affected, um, you know, in just a huge way by a kicker or a defense, but yeah. Well, um, I mean, as, as the guy that had new England's defense last year, I still kind of want to keep a defense. Cause I think at least you can <laughs> right. go by matchups. I mean, even if I wouldn't have had new England defense, I would have been replacing my defense every week based on matchups, you know, Right. Typically, I take I, I will go on waivers and pick up whoever's about to play the Browns. Just a little of my strategy right. going out there. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and last year, like me and Sam have talked about it. There were times where me and him, it was like every week on the waiver wire, we're both trying to pick up the kicker in the defense that plays the Dolphins. You know, and yeah, but in, in a way, I mean, that's that's uh, it is. I see people's like you know, hey, there is strategy involved in that. But I think what we don't see because we just don't have experience with it is how that takes away from. You know, if you aren't having to spend your fab budget on those guys and you're not having to guess like, okay, this team plays this team and, and 
some people do like the more, you know, th- that gives kind of a team aspect, um, you know, which team's going against which team as a whole. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it kind of takes away from focusing on individual players, individual, whether that be like, you know, more receivers, flex spots, things like that, um, that are on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Um, Guys that you can really actually put strategy into it. Think about right, how fast right. they are, what kind of offense they're in, who's throwing to them, what number of receiver they are on that team. Right. Versus, I mean, you have every, I mean, even last year, like like I was saying, I, I think one week I picked up somebody or had somebody playing the Dolphins and they just had like a random, they just kind of put it together. I mean, you never know, even with the defense, you know, a couple interceptions or a pick six or there, there's just several things that, or just the team they're playing, it has a, you know, it's just a shitty game. It rains or something like that. And, uh, you know, the defense can end up putting 10 points up. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the problem with kickers and defenses is just that the sporadic, I mean, anywhere from zero points to negative points to 20-something points from a defense, gosh, 20-something points from a kicker in situations where it's like, I, even if you have that kicker, if you have a kicker that happens to kick four 50-yard field goals, it's like, do you really – I mean, yeah, if you win, I guess you, you're going to feel good about that. But, like, there's no way you you didn't predict that. Mm-hmm. It's it's all – it comes down to luck. Like, you can say, well, they were playing a bad team. I knew they were going to score a lot. Yeah, but it's now, still – Mr. Automatic, back in 2016 for the Los Angeles Rams, Greg Zerline, he actually did go off for, like, 20 every single game. And I had him then, too, right. which is awesome. But that's a total outlier. And even with that, though, you're, the problem lies in – okay, there you have one kicker that's scoring 20-something consistently – but the average, I mean, that's so far off of what the, your average kicker is still probably scoring five or six. So it becomes this point of like, you know, way even almost way worse than like sometimes what we deal with the, the with the tight ends. Like you have one or two guys that are scoring a ton. And then if you don't have one of those two guys, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You know, not that we're trying to be like participation trophy. Everybody's team should be even, but it, it, it can create an, a very – unfair advantage for certain people but the problem is is it's not a it's not an unfair advantage that they like scoped out or exactly. that they planned for or made trades for it's just a it's a happenstance yep saying you can't go by a good offense because they're going to score a lot of touchdowns and that's only going to be extra points and you can't go for a mediocre offense because they're going to be ebb and flow throughout the year and you can't pick a bad offense because a lot of times they won't even get in field goal range to be able to give a kicker that kind of chance it's impossible to predict and i mean some people, I guess, would argue against that. But even when you have the majority of the, the, the quote-unquote experts like that actually get paid to do this are saying, hey, it's completely unpredictable. I think that's a pretty known thing. Um, and I, I know it's different for kickers and defenses. But that's that's the big the two big arguments. It's, just, it's, it's unpredictable. It, it adds two of your, what, eight starting positions, non-starting mm-hmm. positions, however many there are. Yep. Have a much larger sense of unpredictability. Yeah. Versus if you replace that either one or both of those with, you know, another position, which we'll talk about, you know, coming up, I'd be much happier with like, Hey, this team just beat me. They, they, their team put points on the board. He, he started a good receiver. This was a good matchup or he started a number two guy that was going to get a lot of targets this week, whatever it may be versus like, Oh, I lost because somebody's kicker happened, you know, on a mediocre team that you couldn't have predicted happened to kick four field goals. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of, uh, it, it I think it degrades a lot of the time and effort we put into all the research we do on the other positions yep. week in and week out. Yep. So. And that, I think that sums it up better than anything we've said so far. So when you look at what we could potentially replace it with, uh, I'm going into last the last survey that we took. And just for the FYI, should we have kickers in the lineup at all? The breakdown of that was five people said yes, 
they're just as much a part of football as every other player. Um, four people said, no, their role in football is totally irrelevant. And one person said, I'd like to know more. Keep in mind, I also voted to keep them. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, so you flipping yeah. over to no, that's going to give us uh, a 5-4 uh, advantage on the no side. And then there's another person that would like to hear more. So this is – I'm just – all that to say, this is a relevant conversation and, and a really big deal. This could dramatically affect the league next year. Um, right. And it also, like I said, I mean, the, the big thing, too, that I wasn't even aware of because we're so – you know, we're also involved in this league as I think most people as like their number one fantasy league. Yeah. I didn't realize that the majority of people out there at this point have – it's kind of the same way, you know, five, six years ago we saw a big shift to PPR and that's become like the norm. Yeah. That's exactly um, the right. standard. A lot of leagues now, um, the standard is is actually going away from from kickers and defense. So I don't think it's it's not like something else where we're talking about shifting to something radical or you know it's something that's a lot of people have have already done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 yeah. So looking at what I mean, let, let's just assume we can we can convince one other person not to vote yes to keep them and that they do go to no. Say we get rid of the kickers, potentially get rid of the defense. Uh, what replaces it? And so far, if you look at the survey from last month or two months, whenever it was that we took this, um, four people said flex, one person said wide receiver, one person said tight end, four people said none, um, nobody said QB, nobody said RB, and nobody said defense. So you've done a little bit of research into this. Uh, what are your thoughts? So just, uh, I mean, I guess to, to go with what was the most popular vote there, I think you said was what receivers uh, to flex, start with? flex. That seems to be, I mean, a lot of people do uh, multiple flex spots, like two flex spots. Um, and some even do, you know, two running backs like we have, but three receivers and two flex spots um, in a 10-team league. The problem where, where we deviate from a lot of those, those aren't keeper leagues. So I, I think it seems like the most viable position out there. Um, and I think receiver probably is as far as the depth. I know I was comparing this one article I was reading last week. It was showing kind of the drop-off pairing like the number one receiver to the number two, or I'm sorry, the number one receiver to the number one running back and what that point comparison looked like. And then on down the board, and you get to a point where running backs drop off way quicker than receivers, which I think everybody is aware of. Obviously, you've got one, maybe two running backs, you know, getting touches where you can have up to, you know, four, sometimes five receivers on a team that, that you know, are, are putting up at least some fantasy points. Well, even so, just on one, any any given play, you can have three receivers on the field. One right, back. right. So as far as receivers, that is a viable, um, that's an option. I think it's definitely, I think a lot of people would, would say that's more of an option than running back. I think the, the problem we would get to in running back is, you look at it now, I mean, gosh, we're already, that's the majority of people's keepers. I mean, there, there are a lot of good receiver picks, but I think most people would say, hey, if I could have a really good late round keeper, would I prefer a receiver running back? Most people would say running back just because of, of like I was saying, how quickly it drops it's off. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not a lot of, you know, bell cow backs in the league anymore. There's a lot of split, you know, a lot of timeshare stuff. So, so I think running back, I mean, for me, I, I think running back would just be a no go. Receiver, um, like I was saying, I, I get it's. I think it's it's an option. You just got to look at. I mean, I think a lot of people in our league started to just mess around with mock drafts and stuff. And I mean, just like the one I'm looking at right now, a couple that I've done just kind of auto. You know, we wouldn't probably necessarily draft like this, but just as an idea, I mean, a lot of the receivers that are left right now are either guys that you're hoping will step into a starting role once the season kind of gets going, or guys that are either you know, on the field every so often, sort certain formations, kind of older guys like Larry Fitzgerald, 
um, or guys that are like a number three or a slot only or only on the field when it's, you know, four wide receivers. So I think if we did add just another, you know, we said, hey, that extra spot's going to be a receiver. There would be enough for people. I mean, we do our homework. There would be enough receivers available. But then it comes down to um, it's I think you're kind of stagnant and whatever you draft is what you got, because there is not going to be a lot available you know, on, on the, the free agency throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say on the on the flip side of that, adding another receiver could increase their value in the early rounds to maybe offset the shortage of running backs that we have. So if I'm looking at needing three solid receivers because I'm going to have to start one, I may yeah. look past and say I could have an I could have one good running back and then one kind of average running back. I'd be okay with that if there were three receivers because I could make up for that shortage on my second running back by having right. really solid three receivers. Whereas Plus, as it is now, I need two solid receiver two solid running backs. Right. Plus you 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 know you could have the three starting receivers and then also a receiver in your flex. So if you're looking at four receivers, yeah. I mean that's definitely that's a good point. I mean especially where we've shifted to how important PPR is. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that you know, are, are solid, would be a solid fourth receiver, not necessarily because they're going to, you know, score a bunch or, or be very viable in real life, but because they catch, you know, a handful of balls each game and they're pretty reliable to put points up. So, yeah, I mean, I, I when you say it like that, I think that's a good, that's a good point yeah. for kind of the opposing side. Yeah, maybe just, yeah, devil's advocate. I'm here, yeah. here to, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. a yeah, little bit sure. of the other side. Yeah. <laughs> the next one I think you brought up was, did you say tight end? Yes, tight end had one vote. What are your thoughts on the tight end? Uh, I say definite no go. I mean, it's stretched as yeah. it is right now for everybody having one tight end. That's actually that that can get you more than five points consistently. Yeah, the two points yeah, you would I, just have an irrelevant spot on your roster. I'd agree with you. I don't think there's like there's not. I don't know that we should talk about that one that much because I, I think everybody knows how spread thin it is, and then especially as the league is kind of changing and going more towards kind of the college style of, you know, spread yeah. formations. You've got less and less in the field or you've got situations where, you know, if you've got, you've got two tight ends on a team that are both, you know, I would say like a 1A, 1B type tight end. So mm-hmm. there's just not there's just not enough depth there, I don't think, to add a second tight end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Next was defense. We don't need to talk about them. They were at zero. Um, none. I mean, that speaks for itself. If you want to have a smaller roster, I'm – I guess yeah. that's to each their own, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. We'd yeah. have – What's, the, what's the – uh, I mean, I guess the follow-up to that would be, would we add another bench spot uh, to fill that, to, you know, to replace that kicker? Uh, I would I would think so. I don't think we would reduce our draft, you know, because yeah. that's what it would take. Because that's the only thing I think would really make a change. I mean, obviously, I would be fine with that. I mean, I think that's a very viable option. Um probably makes a little, the most sense for a lot of people because, I mean, I think it just takes the, like we were talking about before, the random, just the unknown. It kind of takes that little piece of luck out of it. I don't think anybody would argue that, like, that takes more strategy out of it. Um, if anybody in our league is, like, super adamant about, like, how they strategically pick kickers, I'd love to hear about it. But um, <laughs> I didn't even draft I, one last I, year. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to draft one that. this year. So, <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, okay, so here's exactly what happened. I didn't draft a kicker last year, planning to pick one up on the waivers just right before the game. I did that, but I had to drop somebody. And guess who I freaking dropped from the 15th round last year? Wasn't it like A.J. Brown or somebody? Uh, Darren Waller. Oh, good. Yep. That was, that was great. Yep. Another reason, though, like, if you, you know, that's one of those things you don't have to worry about. You don't draft a kicker. It, it gives you another opportunity to take a shot on somebody, uh, a late-round guy. Yep. We all know, like, how – how important those late round picks are, those kind of dart throws, if you can land 
you know, somebody that's going to end up being a keeper. Uh, I mean, that, that is another reason that uh, even if we don't add a, a bench spot, that's, that's potentially one more late round pick you're going to get to have an opportunity to, you know, take a flyer on somebody. Yeah. So. so regardless of the who replaces it conversation, we still need to get rid of whatever the answer is. It's going to be better without <laughs> kickers than what we have now. That's, I mean, that's kind of my thought. Cause it's, it's what you just said says a lot to me. It's like, I look forward to every single pick, every pick. I'm like, okay, there's, so there's people I'm targeting. I'd like to have this guy. I don't want to be here. I mean, I think everybody does that. Nobody's sitting there like, I can't wait to draft this. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's uh, every year it's like, you you know, fit around 15, 16, she's like, okay, fine. I guess I have to take a kicker. Or I guess, you know, I guess I'll take the Saints kicker because they're going to score a lot, or I guess I'll take the – and it just – or you end up, like, you know, like I didn't draft a kicker. I know a lot of people didn't draft a kicker, and it's just like if you're not even going to draft that position, how how can you make the argument that that position is, like, that important to keep, you know? Yep. So, so with all that being said now, your pick for the replacement of the kicker or the defense and or the defense is what? So this is actually I'm I'm surprised I'm saying this and it, it took a like I said it took kind of some research and and doing some mock drafts and I was actually really shocked and the more and more I've looked at it the more and more I love the idea of actually replacing um, whether it be kickers and defenses or just kickers but I, I love the idea of of adding another quarterback mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people that's just that seems like the biggest shock um, and before you but, before you turn off the podcast and just automatically vote no yeah. Like, well, screw him. That was my thought. I just hang on. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, like, you know, they're drafting two quarterbacks. Like, I, I'm going to fast forward through this mock draft because, like, I don't really care. You know, that changes everything. But yeah. my biggest thing, I started thinking back to, like, I know a lot of the guys in this league have played fantasy football for a long time. A lot of the guys played in, like, our original, like, back when we played in high school. And I can remember, like, back before PPR was really a thing and before, you know, you saw a lot of these receivers catching a lot of stuff out of the backfield. It, it Quarterbacks used to be a lot uh, higher value. I mean, you would see quarterbacks, you know, going second round, first round sometimes. Um, I know there for a while we had played like six points for touchdowns. So, I mean, they had a little more value. But regardless, it's you could argue it's the most important position in all of football. I mean, they're the the leader of the team. They're with the guys, the big name people that are still out there. Some of the, the young talent coming up, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and some of these guys. You know, they're the, in real football, they're probably the most important position. Yeah. I mean, just but, look at the paychecks that they get. I mean, the Mahomes yeah. I mean, it's outrageous. contract you just signed. If I'm building a foot, and I, I hate to say this on a recording, but if I'm building a football team, the person I'm looking to first and the, the staple of the team is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, of course. Every time yeah. in and, our league, we have totally devalued them to where well, I think that's Russell the problem. Wilson I was in the 14th if, round if, last year. If, yeah, if you, if you take out kicker and defense, and you had to say, what's the – actually, if you started on the other end, if you said, what's the most valuable position? Most people, I think, would say running back. Obviously, after that, you would say receiver. But then you're talking both of your running backs and, and two or three receivers, two or three running backs. So your sixth most important, uh, you could argue probably tied in because of how thin it is. Um, and that, that basically makes your, your quarterback your least position, least important position outside of kicker and defense. And – I mean, that's kind of wild. It, it's wild to me that we're in a position where it's like last year, like I had, you know, Josh Allen is a, is a viable quarterback option and, you know, putting up the same amount of points as like say a, an Aaron Rodgers or, or guys like that. But it, it, yeah. 
but it doesn't really mean anything. You know, it just kind of like you can pick up guys. It's kind of the same thing. It's like you see people not drafting quarterbacks until, I mean, gosh, look at where people are keeping quarterbacks. I, I mean, like you said, you got what? What did you say your late round pick was last year? Russell, I had Wilson. Russell Wilson in the fourteenth round. Yeah, so I mean, it just it just goes to show, like it's just not it's not important to a lot of us, and there's not a huge deviation in a lot of the reason people wait is like you know those top guys, yeah, they're they're more explosive and they can put up more points, but I, once you get outside of that, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying with with Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, like there's not a huge between quarterback probably five and you know, whatever we're drafting in. I think we only draft up to about like 12 or 15 maybe. There's not a lot of difference. I mean, the point the point spread's not that big. So it kind of makes it – it's kind of made it a position where it's like as long as they get you consistent points, that's that's like what you're looking for. There's never really – like they never really like give you a huge advantage or disadvantage. So, so we want to bring back the quarterback into relevance right. on our draft board where they're not taking seventh and below. Yeah. And you're thinking, and and so yeah, and that's what so like doing these mock drafts. That's the crazy thing about so like if say you do add a quarterback, I mean it it changed. I know me and you had kind of talked ahead of time, just to give you an idea. Like in all the mock drafts we did, uh, or I did with our standard standard setup as it is now, um, Aaron Rodgers was the last quarterback taken off the board, which is kind of crazy. Um, the thirteenth overall quarterback taken in the thirteenth round, whereas uh, when we're looking at it with adding a quarterback, it went all the way to the 33rd quarterback, which is Tua Tungavaloa, who's maybe not even starting, which is crazy. <laughs> There's so, 32 teams in the league, and we're taking 33 yeah. quarterbacks. <laughs> so, and, and me and you kind of talked about this. So, like, what does that do? Like, what does that mean outside of just, like, the numbers? Well, for one, it it makes our main point here, what we're trying to do, it makes the quarterback way more important. It gives you an opportunity to have, like, you know, hey, do I get one stud quarterback and one guy that's just kind of a filler? Do I kind of get two middle-of-the-road guys? Do I get guys that kind of complement each other? Um, there's a lot of, I feel like, strategy involved with it. You know, bye weeks, who they're playing, you know, their schedules, things like that. And it, it definitely makes the draft more interesting because not only is everybody having to take two, but you're definitely going to have situations where people take a – you're gonna have uh, somebody weeks step in, in. <laughs> yeah, two times instead of just one bye week. I mean, you're gonna have one for both quarterbacks, which I think is really interesting. But one thing that sucks, and I know other people, I've been in this situation. I hope it's not gonna be this way this year. But there's times the way our league is with all the keepers. There's so many running backs kept, so many you know high end flex people kept that it gets to you, and your pick is really limited. You know, there may be like four or five like top guys, but you're like, I have to take a running back this round. You, you I have to because. Not because he's the best player, not because it's who I want, but that's that's kind of what's dictated to me, um, just because of how many quarter or running backs are taken. If I don't take him here, you know, I, when it comes back to me, um, there's not going to be any available. So in doing this, I think it kind of frees up. Like I was surprised every round, I kind of had the option. I'm like, okay, like the first round, I had an, the option between like a, a top tier running back, a top tier quarterback, and a top tier receiver, all which are very viable. So I think it gives you. Instead of like the, I think the blueprint right now for a lot of people is like you got to get your, got to get your running backs first because there's not very many. Maybe take a flyer on a really high end receiver, um, just because they're you know those top receivers are elite. Um, but then basically everybody's going running back receiver for the first five or six rounds. Throw in the top tight ends, you know where you want. Then you get into the keeper range, and then in the late rounds you start you know you see more tight ends and then a, a couple of quarterbacks. I mean it's that's how it is for every single team. There's one. One blueprint, basically. Yep. 
what's crazy about this, like seeing people draft is, I mean, like JC took two quarter in, in this, and I'm not saying people would do this in Roth, but he has, if you look at the keepers he has, he has a lot of um, flex players, running backs and receivers. By the way, so this is an two, automated mock draft where Seth isn't yeah, pulling in people. It's like way. based on right. ADP and all that kind of stuff and where they think it would right. be. I'm not drafting it. The computer is drafting it. So I'm, I'm not drafting any of these people, not for me, not for anybody. It's just automatically filled based on, your needs and based on yeah ADP. So, but JC took two quarterbacks in first and second round and you're like, that's crazy. Like I'd never do that. But if you, when you go through and you look at his team, I mean, it, it's wild. You know, it's like a completely different strategy that he has available to him based on who he keeps, not just like how good they are, but what positions they are and what he needs. And because of that, I mean, obviously you can imagine same thing. Like it has Aaron and you to taking your quarterback in the first round, how much that frees up everybody else, you know, how much that frees up the, not just the first round, but the really the first three rounds where it's like, I have, I have an option on how I want to build my team. Do I want to take, you know, a stud quarterback? Do I want to take a, take a stud receiver? Or do I want to take a stud uh, running back? And I just think yeah. it, I don't know. I was just, I was every draft I've done with this and I would encourage you guys, if any of y'all do mock drafts, um, just play with it. Just even if you don't, you know, go take the time to go through and put all the keepers in and stuff like that. It's really, it's a lot of fun because it's, you know, some guys fall to you that you weren't expecting. There was like the first two times I did it. I was like, you know, trying to wait on a quarterback because that's what I'm used to doing. And there's like nobody left. You know, I get to like the fourth round and Teddy Bridgewater is the best quarterback. (laughs) You know, so it's, but I just think a, a lot more strategy, is involved with it a lot more. It makes the quarterback position way more viable. I mean, think if you, if you had, you know, say somebody like say Sam has Patrick Mahomes and in the, in the second round, he got, you know, Dak Prescott or Russell you know, Wilson, you know, between the two of them, they can put up 60 points on a given week. Like that's a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes it to where like, okay, if I have to give up, you know, if, if I'm not in a draft position to where, like, right now, and, and I don't know who – I say this, and Dayton will probably have the best team in the league. But, like, in the mocks I do, he's in a really tough spot but when it comes back to him in the second round because all of your, like, tried and true for sure starting running backs are gone. And so he's right in that, like, the kind of the bottom of the top receiver tier and, like, the top of the next tier of running backs. And so it's, like, it's just – it's kind of a shitty position to be in. But if you're dating and you're like, okay, you know, this is tough, but like I can I can turn around and like secure one of these top three quarterbacks, it just kind of gives you another another avenue to build your team and I think makes things a little more not fair, but just a little more interesting. Um, and kind of breaks the mold of this just like, you know, each round when it comes to me, I know I'm taking like it's more about like the first round, I'm taking the best available running back. The second round, best receiver, third round, best running back. But you know, more to like individual players where you can kind of, you can kind of go for your guys, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So for sure. So with the last one, it's a mouthful, but uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, I never thought I'd be sitting here trying to like preach two quarterbacks, (laughs) but the thought of it is like, it's actually pretty cool because instead of just being like, Oh, you know, I'll just take Aaron Rodgers. Like he'll be, I know he'll be fine. You also have to plan for, you got to do a little more research and there's got to be just a little bit more um, as that goes into your second quarterback and that goes into those two bye weeks where you don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So, so I, here's, I just think so it, here's another piece of opposition for you that we're, we're going to come across and it's going to be a point of contention. I know um, looking at a potential draft board right now with quarterbacks valued the way they are. I mean, with our right. actual 
real sheet that I'm looking at right now and, and who I'm thinking people are going to keep. Because I'll go ahead yeah. and tell you, I'm going to start looking at Russell Wilson real hard in the 14th. And um, and there are four other people. Patrick Mahomes will probably be kept. Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson. All these people were drafted without the QB significance in mind. And right. people that didn't know about this, this newfound significance of the quarterback in our league are probably going to be pretty pissed off. But the thing is, you can still keep your quarterback whenever you kept them. You didn't take such a great quarterback, but you also didn't get Pat Mahomes in the 11th. You probably got yeah. Aaron Rodgers in the 13th, like we were talking about before. So everybody just right. keep that yeah. in mind, that it's still fair because these guys that drafted these people still didn't didn't take them knowing this was coming. Right. So I'm, I'm not really buying Another that. Another thing, too, though. Come up. Right. It will. But another thing, I mean, obviously, like, I think everybody listening to this, like, it's not like we're just like, hey, this is what we're doing or, or anything like that. Um, it's just something for everybody to think about because, I mean, it wasn't even on my radar until me and you kind of talked about it uh, at dinner. But um, I also don't think, I mean, more than likely, and you can kind of give your thoughts on this, I feel like we would probably end up, if this came down to a vote, it wouldn't take place this year anyway. So you would have a year, you know, your keepers this year, um, you know, which granted you could still keep somebody, you know, like you could keep Russell Wilson this year, knowing that you're going planning on keeping him again next year when this, you know, went into place. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everybody would have, that but, it, but it also gives everybody a year to value those quarterbacks a little more and try to keep them earlier, yeah. you know, or try to try to land somebody. Cause there's, uh, you know, you could say, yeah, like you would keep Russell Wilson, I'm sure some people like maybe I keep Aaron Rodgers, but like those are also guys kind of on the tail end of their career. And there's a lot of young quarterbacks that people don't have right now that the people that don't have somebody to keep could easily grab this year, knowing that, you know, going into the following year, they'd be able to keep them. Yeah. So, yeah. All um, right, man. Yeah. That's a good there. Well, that is definitely all the time that anybody will take to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Right. So. right. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> listens to me talk for that long, I'll be really surprised. But, um, <laughs> But I think one way or the other, I, I don't see kickers staying that long, but we'll see. No. We'll see what happens. I'm with you. <laughs> well, thank you. This is Seth on the AskCast. Thanks, man. No problem. See you guys. Okay, for the second part of the preseason discussion series, this would mean, should we be able to draft players that are not or not yet in the NFL? The one-day player would be reserved for that owner for the next year, but would take up a bench spot for the entire year drafted. But um, here with us on the AskCast is Aaron, and welcome. Thank you. So I'd like to start off by saying that this is an NFL fantasy league. So therefore, we should only be drafting players who are in the NFL. Great yes. start. And by the way, whenever I think about you taking surveys, the mental mm -hmm. picture that I have is kind of like an old man sitting on his porch with like chewing on a straw, pissed off at all the liberals trying to change America. I mean, that's a pretty accurate summation right there. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing because sometimes yeah. you got to say, are we pushing the envelope too far? And there are a lot of big decisions happening in this survey. Yeah, and I think the answer is yes. With that, uh, you're biting off a bigger chunk um, than you can chew, and we are pushing the envelope too far. Like Heath has got some California ideas in his head to propose this, and you know we just got to say enough <laughs> is enough, and we got to shut it down while it is.
well we can well well we can do that and um to be honest with you like i said it just yes i can make the argument you can make the argument that it takes up a bench slot or it takes up a draft spot for you but once again this is the national football league that we're talking about here so we need to only draft players who are in the national football league i am in a college fantasy league if you are interested in drafting college fantasy players and we are looking for players so if you are really <laughs> that desperate to you know draft college fantasy players and you know i've got i've got a way for you to do it reach out and, um i'll let, i'll get you set That's up and awesome. we'll so you a team. It's, it's the biggest mm-hmm. size for it say that this makes our league way different than a lot of other leagues and will make it more fun because it's a little more of a gamble you know mm-hmm. but yeah, you don't no, see that I mean, at all no you say it makes our league unique or um it makes our league like have you have to be willing to take on more risk for sure but at the end of the day, you know, I think you got to stick closer to what you signed up to do. If, if that was part of the original agreements when we signed up to play, then I, you know what? I'd say, hey, I think that's a great idea because it's unique. It's different. It adds risk. You know, a lot of the times there could be um, some reward, but I feel like that reward is not always guaranteed for sure, especially with those kind of players. Yeah. But So do you feel like um, you would be, you personally would be at a disadvantage because of this rule? Yeah, I think that there's teams who have some really solid keepers who would probably be in a better position to, you know, roll the dice and, um, you know, take advantage of this rule. And I think it would just make, uh, you know, a, a more top-sided league, top-heavy league. And mm-hmm. uh, That's a, Now, yeah. that is a very legitimate argument. So you're saying yeah. if you already have good keepers, you can roll the, roll the dice on – basically giving up one of those keepers that are super solid because you have two others and you could potentially have a really great keeper who would be a first round pick taking them in the fourth. Exactly. Okay. I, I totally see yep, that. I, I, it makes the rich richer and the poor poorer in mm, my opinion. Gotcha. So. Another one that I heard that was, I thought was kind of weak. It was just that people don't want to go to the effort of watching college football. And I'm like, we all, we all watch college football anyway. Like, don't give me that crap. You I mean, know. I'm watching from 12 to 2 every every Saturday. Yeah. You know, I log my I log my 14 hours, so I know who's playing and who's not. So it's just, yeah, it's just to say that you don't want to watch college football is to say you don't like football. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, just just throw that out in there. All right, all right. Well, that was that was super easy. I think Seth went on for like 35 minutes yesterday. So, oh, yeah. Well, I would also like to throw out one other topic that I think we should discuss. Yeah, what's that? And and that is the payouts, and so. Lincoln okay. Was talking to me about this with his league. Um, let's say, let's, just, uh, for example, what if the NFL season gets canceled halfway through, right? So yeah. there's been seven games played, right? Yeah. So I think that um, if we can't have a championship or anything like that, then I think we say they, they play seven weeks and then they got to cancel the season. Yeah. I think we should pay seventy percent of the money out into the standings oh. of the current the current standings as they are. And then the remaining thirty percent goes to the pot next year. I mean, it sounds good. I mean, of course, you're rewarding the regular season winner. You are, and and regular season second place. And if you look back at our leagues prior, uh, a lot of times playoffs have not at all finished. I mean, somewhat. I mean, you look no. at Heath. He was in, no. he was in the first of the regular season, but Bailey was second, I believe, last year in the regular right. season and finished sixth. No, no, no. I right. guess it would be fifth. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that that is my proposal, but I mean, I would also, I mean, you could throw those records into next year's records as well and say, 
that, but that to me that makes it more more complicated. Yeah. So you were saying like a, like make next year a continuation of this year. Yeah. So I think that makes it, makes it. I think that makes it way more complicated. Yeah, so I say like, or say it gets canceled after week four, then you take four divided by ten, forty percent, and just pay out as the current standings. I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks. So you wouldn't have played everyone. You could have started off with a tough schedule, but yeah. Yeah, that's an, that's another really good point. Yeah, so I think either way, I don't know, man. Either way, we're gonna have to figure out some kind of uh, like like a, a COVID fallback plan, like a plan B mm-hmm. if if things do happen. That's gonna be yeah. God. It's gonna be right. incredibly difficult. Right. I really, I think yeah. something like that just takes understanding across the entire yeah, it league. Does. It does, and then, you know, I can also yeah. just see us saying none of it mattered, and we only played four weeks. And- Everything's in for next year, so yeah, yeah, and I'll just I'll just keep the money in Venmo the whole time for an entire another year, which is uh, which is sadly impossible. Pew 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 pew. 